This episode is sponsored by Eero and Eero Plus. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter code GOG. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. I hate bearing the lead on this show, Jason, and sometimes we have stories that I consider to be the lead, but they're not until later in the show. So I want to put this up here, even though we're not going to talk about it until the security segment. We've been bitching and moaning on this show for a long time now about how we've already lost trust in images because of photoshopping and expert work done there, and how it would only be a matter of time before we wouldn't be able to trust video anymore either because it could be easily manipulated, and then we'll have nothing. We're not quite there yet, but apparently the White House seems to think we are, and they tried. They fucking released a fucking doctored video. The White House should have spread it a journalist. I want everyone to let that sink in and let me know if this is the world that you would like to live in. So we will talk about this insecurity with Bittner, and I think he'll be as angry as I am. Yeah, I think that, that, that'll be a topic to stick around for, for sure. <laughs> yes. And there's probably going to be a lot of background sounds going on today because... Uh, <laughs> Well, the Santa Ana winds are here, so my entire building is shaking constantly because the winds are about 30 miles an hour off and on, gusting up to 50. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other problem is the entire city's on fire. Basically, yes. The airdrop jets like to fly over my, my little studio here, pretty much where I, I could hit them with a rock. They're coming <laughs> over the hill so low and so slow that uh, you know my desk shakes from them right. for a while so that might come through i do have my gate on but we'll see and also ventura boulevard which i'm right next to uh, every emergency vehicle on the planet is using that as their high speed <laughs> route to get everywhere they got to go of course going 90 miles an hour with their sirens blaring the whole way and uh yeah i kind of missed the snow today but i did see this one before we went to air kim kardashian Alyssa milano and of course yeezy have have been forced to flee their homes because of the wildfires. Well, um, Alyssa, if you're listening, feel free to come over to my place. You can use my Wi-Fi to continue your political tweets. I, I would be very <laughs> pleased with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did see just I took my morning bike ride uh, to the, today and I rode up to near Malibu and, and I could just see this massive, massive cloud of smoke uh, centered basically where your house is. Yep. Yeah. And I and I looked at it and it was just I was blown away by it. And yeah, I've, uh, the, the air quality in L.A. is going to uh, take a dive pretty soon. I've already shut all my windows and uh, I'm rolling out the portable AC because it's hot today. But uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a nasty day. But I'm looking forward to hearing the rumbles over your overhead from your mic. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be great. <laughs> Fun times. I've pulled out all of my air filters as well, cleaned them this morning because they're, I'm probably going to have to clean them every day. Most of this stuff looks like it's probably going to go over the ocean, but you know it's going to go up and then come back and fall back on our heads. Exactly. Because so, there, was, there was ash in the air this morning when I was out with the dogs. I could see it in the, in the flashlight, and I'm just like, oh, man. Because <laughs> like the air quality is any good here anyway. That, that is the only nice thing when the Santa Ana's come through. It's like we get clean air for two days. It blows but- everything out. <laughs> yeah, except now it just blows everything up. How about a little follow-up? We were talking about uh, Proposition C up in San Francisco a little bit before the election. This was the proposition that would uh, raise the city's gross receipts tax by an average of 0.5% on companies that had gross receipts of over $50 million, so Square, Lyft, etc., things like that. It passed um, at uh, 60% in favor with 99% of the vote counted. 
as we discussed, the problem was with the gross receipts, and I still think that's an issue, but uh, it is what it is. It's passed, so that's good, I think. Well, I use, <laughs> I use Stripe, and Stripe is going to get hit pretty hard with it, so hopefully my Stripe rates won't go up. Yeah. Well, as we all know, these things will be passed along to the end users, unfortunately. Yes, so. me being but the it, end user. <laughs> that's yeah. why I'm, I'm worried about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, there's still some challenges. There's some legal challenges that are being uh, brought up against it uh, to basically get rid of it altogether, which, I, again, I think you and I both agree would be unfortunate. It just they should change it to net, not gross. Yeah. Yeah. Simple changes. Simple changes. Yep. And uh, Google had their big walkout uh, last week. And apparently, uh, I can't remember how many points did they have? They had a seven point manifesto. I hate using the word manifesto for a good thing. Manifesto has been kind of taken over by people wearing hoodies. Oh, wait, they're all wearing hoodies over. <laughs> yeah, they are. I think I believe it was five points. Five points. Well, they got one of them. So Google has announced Thursday that it will end forced arbitration policy for sexual misconduct claims and update its reporting mechanisms and mandatory trainings for sexual harassment. So that was one of the five. We'll see what else continues to happen with this. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I did put a link into the the actual press release from the Google walkout people. Of course, it's on Medium. So Jeez. if you want to go check that out, be my guest. <laughs> right. And yeah, and recently we've been talking about blockchain and some of the actual good uses that might mm -hmm. come about because of yep. the technology. Uh, yes, uh, cryptocurrency not being one of them. But no. Uh, supply chain management yes. seems to be like a good place to start. And IBM and Seagate are actually going to put together one of the first end-to-end -end blockchains for their supply chain because apparently there's a big problem with people making fake Seagate drives. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, those things kind of flood the market everywhere, right? Like I've even heard of people buying what they thought were official Seagate drives from Amazon and having them be fakes. So Yeah, I'm sure I've gotten a couple of them because, you know, there was a long time where I'm like, Seagate drives suck. Why are people <laughs> buying these things? Because mine would like last a year and then they would fall over dead. And I don't know if I just got a I'm, a, I'm assuming I got a, you know, a fake one because, yeah. you know, if you get a real good one, that's what is in most of the data centers out there. And I do have Seagate drives running in my my Synology now and I've had no problems with them. So I got some real ones on that one. But yeah, I mean, this is a perfect use case for blockchain. It's exactly what it should be used for. Yep. And of course, they're going to try and make this into a product so they can sell it to other, you know, verticals in right. in different uh, supply chain management systems. So, you know, blue might be back. We'll see. Big blue in the cloud and off the chain. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, some people, though, are uh, they're, they've joined the, the cord cutters. Okay. A lot of people have joined the cord cutters over the last quarter in the tune of about a million. Wow. OK. It, which is impressive. Yeah, there's a study out that shows that uh, how many how many people have left paid TV and AT&T, Comcast, Charter and Dish alone lost a combined 887,000 subscribers during the last quarter. That's a lot. That is a lot, but they're still getting paid for their Internet service. So I don't know what they're bitching about. True. Yeah. I mean, you still have to get the, you still have to get the Internet service to use all these services to get your programming without the cable. So. Yes, but you have to you have to admit that they were using both before. They were paying yes. for their internet and their TV, so they just cut their bill more than in half. The way most TV packages work. The way all these guys are getting around this now, though, is if you don't have a bundled service, they jack the prices. So your internet service is getting higher and higher. It's not uh, it's not the same price as if you were doing cable with them as well. And of course, they're doing things like throttling and blah 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 blah. blah. Of course, we know yeah. that's coming. There's that's no winning. That's why they're so that's why they're so gung ho against net neutrality because yep. they need to be able to pay more because the TV business is going down the crapper. 
Exactly. And I tell you what, the TV business would be fine if it wasn't for sports. If it was not for sports and all of the ridiculous fees that everybody has to pay, the, the people who don't watch sports have to pay, you know, the price would come down drastically. I don't want ESPN. I don't want to pay for it, but I'm forced to. So if they started to, you know, cut those deals and make those deals properly, maybe they could get the TV business back by not having to charge so damn much. Yeah, there should potentially be a, a bundle that just doesn't include any sports for you heathens that have no soul. <laughs> the news we talked uh, the other week about the vice news uh thing where they basically ran ads for 100 u.s senators on facebook as well as ads for paid for by mike pence and isis and they all ran through uh business insider ran a similar stunt recently running successful paid for by ads for the now defunct british data mining firm cambridge analytica thus proving there is zero oversight over there on facebook now, I like this. This is over at Gizmodo, but I, I just like this line. A litany of screw-ups drove Facebook to be more transparent about political advertising. But now, a litany of screw-ups is halting those very same plans. <laughs> so they yeah. just can't get it right. The big problem being here, of course, of course, is that uh, Facebook doesn't seem to understand that people lie. And there's there's no oversight in this stuff. So as long as as long as you have no conscience and you can just outright lie, all of your ads are going to go through just fine. Talk about a loophole. It's like, well, it's in the terms of service that you have to tell the truth. And then, you know, that's that's their out. They know right. people are going to lie. They know people are going to fake their way into this. But it's in the EULA. So their <laughs> hands are, you know, their hands are clean. Yes. The very idea that they just did it as an honor system is absolutely ridiculous. Facebook has no clue how to fix this or at least no interest in fixing it. They have a clue how to fix it. It can be fixed. You throw money at the problem. You hire people. But they're not going to do that. I think they need stations in every city in the world where you can come show your driver's license and get your account verified so they know exactly who you are. But uh, verification. Do you really want that in the hands of Facebook? Give them more data about you? <laughs> and and that, that's the funny thing. They know so much about who everybody is, yet you can get through their filters and lie about it. Oh, that's, because you're paying for ads. They want the money, Jason. I know. Follow the money. But that's 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 why everything seems so disingenuous. They know everything about everybody. That's yeah, kind of silly. But a little side note on this article. This was over at Gizmodo, and I'm trying to read this article. <laughs> and there's one of these goddamn autoplay videos in the middle of the page. Yep. And so I, I it's distracting, you know. I, I pause it, and I keep reading, and then I scroll a little bit, and the video starts again. I know. Then I have to pause it again. Then I have to scroll a little more, and then the video starts again. How douchey can you get, Gizmodo? They got to pay the bills. They need the fake bullshit stats, which is, that's counting as minutes watched. You didn't watch it. It's no. complete bullshit. Yeah, I actively wanted to not watch it, but yes, they forced but that it counts. On me. That counts. That counts. I know it counts. And the annoying thing is, it was for their internal video. It wasn't even an ad. Right. Oh, annoying. Well, that, that, that department needs to get their views up so they don't lose their jobs. Correct. Yeah, it's a fucking ass fuck. It's unbelievable. I'm pissed off today. Anyways, let's talk about Twitter, one of my least favorite sites on the internet. Twitter co-founder Ev Williams says in retrospect that showing how many followers you have wasn't healthy. Oh, really? <laughs> the same goes for the suggested user list, a project that Williams was highly critical of when he was CEO. If you're highly critical of something as the chief executive officer, you can fucking stop it, can't you? Pretty much. Okay. Executive officer, chief, right there in the title. <laughs> if you didn't like it, it should have been gone. Yeah, it was right there on the tin, Ev. Uh, yep. I know you're not a very, you know, 
upfront, forthgoing, or what, what, what do you call it? He's not a, uh, well, I, I would not say stand-up guy, but uh, that's Jack is definitely not the stand-up guy. But Ev <laughs> isn't really a forceful person. Uh, so yeah. I can see him getting run over by pretty much anybody with a you know yeah. wet noodle in tow. But yeah, that the suggested user list was such bullshit. If you got on yeah. that list, you were you know you were golden. You were golden. And but the idea that that you can even have a Twitter without without the count is ridiculous because you need these analytics. That's how people make money. That's how people can sell sell ads. That's how people can can promote things and and in have repercussions outside of the Twitter sphere. Like the idea that you wouldn't have it just because it's healthy is ridiculous. You wouldn't have Twitter without follower counts. Well, he does say that. He's like, yeah, this might not have been a good idea, but, you know, it, it if we didn't do it, somebody else could have come in and eaten our lunch yep. and then Twitter would not be a thing. So it's like, do you make the bargain with the devil? Of course you do, because yes. you you have shareholders and you yes. must maximize shareholder value. And I, I this whole thing from Ev just is so fucking <laughs> disingenuous and hypocritical that it drives me nuts because the first thing I did was I walked over to Medium, where he is now the CEO and, you know, yes. head honcho, yes. click, clicked on a page for an author. And guess what I found? Uh, follower counts? You got it. So, Oh, interesting. If, if it's that big of a problem, you know, eat your own dog food and turn the shit off, Ev. Well, what what we've learned here is that if you're CEO, that doesn't mean anything, apparently. Or at That's least if true. you have Williams as CEO. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he might disagree with him, but he's not going to do anything about it. <laughs> uh, <sighs> dumpster fire. It's, everything is just a goddamn dumpster fire. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, literally around here it is. <laughs> I can see the smoke from my backyard. Yes. Oh, man. Speaking of dumpster fires, Walmart. You ever go to Walmart and you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Walmart is I, this, this is driving me crazy. TechCrunch writes, Walmart is building an AI lab inside one of its stores. Okay. Uh, they're going to call it the Intelligent Retail Lab, or IRL. Get it? r In real life? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So they're, they're, they're putting a, basically a you know, bunch of nerds inside of a Walmart to come up with some ideas. Now, <laughs> this is what drives me crazy about this. There's really nothing in here that is AI. All they're talking about is inventory management inside right, which the store. They can now purchase from uh, from IBM on the blockchain. <laughs> exactly. So they don't even need this team. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Yes, led by an internal team called Kepler, Walmart also envisions using the technology to identify spills, better understand when shopping carts are running low near the entrance, and identify when items are on the wrong shelf, but also so they can proactively replenish stock. Right. Um. Where is the AI. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something fun again. Waymo has admitted in a blog post that one of its test vehicles hit a motorcycle in Mountain View. This is over at Engadget. And again, this is mainly for the headline, Waymo blames self-driving collision on pesky human. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. They're clarifying that the event was caused by human error. The test driver took control of the vehicle after seeing a passenger car to the left moving into their lane. And Waymo says that if it just left it alone, the AI would have taken care of it. Yep. Yep. So this guy didn't check his mirrors before he mer merged into the other lane and basically ran over a motorcyclist who was taken to the hospital. Wasn't yes. killed, but he had to go to the hospital. Yes. Nice. Again, this is, uh, you know, I've always said we can't, I, I don't see any situation in which uh, self-driving cars and real people in their cars can be on the roads together without there being a lot of incidents. Mm -hmm. so it's all or nothing, people, yeah, as far as I'm nice. concerned. Yes. 
And uh, Ford is getting into the e-scooter thing. Spin, which pivoted from being uh, docked bikes to now scooters, because why bother with docks or anything like that? And hell, there's money to be made with the scooters. So they started doing that. And now Ford has basically bought them out. Uh, approximately 40 million, I think, is what they're guessing that the thing was. And they're going yeah, to aggressively open up Spin, uh, launching in over 100 cities over the next 18 months. So if you weren't sick of bird yet, here comes Spin. Oh, joy. Because we need more of these things everywhere. And in more scooter news, Bird wants people to report poorly parked scooters. Okay. So what you get, what you can do now is you can basically tattletale on somebody who left a scooter in the wrong spot and making it a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called community mode, which basically sure. means you do the work for us. Yes, exactly. It's outsourcing for free. Mm-hmm. Community mm-hmm. mode gives any individual the power to engage with Bird in real time. We can work together on making our streets safer and people friendly. So here's what I want to know. Are yes. they going to start giving riders scores kind of like Uber does? So when, when a douche nozzle piles up their scooter in front of a business, they get dinged and then they won't be able to rent a scooter anymore because that would be awesome. But well, first off, they're never going to not be able to rent a scooter because why would they lose money like that? But it would be awesome. I agree with this. They they should do that. They they should be because you can trace who last had this. Of course, the problem is they can't really trace if the person dropped it off right there or if somebody just kind of picked it up and moved it later. So there's going to be problems with attribution here. And I personally, in my opinion, community mode means just picking these things up and putting them in the nearest dumpster. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, I to my point on that, it would be great if you know they could track where it was. And if the scooter had been moved even a little bit, then you know you can't get yeah. you can't get dinged for it. But that only works if they track the location exactly as it was dropped off. And you know we know the programmers are lazy nowadays; <laughs> they're not going to code that in, so that won't happen. That definitely won't happen because I was going to say to pick them all up and drop them in front of a hospital, so even more people get dinged <laughs> even more, so they all get one star ratings and can't use them again. Because on right. Uber, if you if your rating drops below a certain point, you can't get an Uber. Yeah, people won't come and pick you up. Right. No, actually, I think you're banned from the system if you hit a certain threshold. And yeah, like for for not not forever, just for a little right. while, because they still want your money. Yeah. But it's to teach you a lesson to not be a dick. So. Right. And just because I like the term so much, because you used it just right now, and I haven't heard this in a while. Hey, douche nozzles. You know what solves this entire problem? Docking areas. Speaking of docking areas, Santa Monica is actually installing in-street e-scooter parking corrals. Great idea. Yeah, they're taking a they take a parking spot and say, put your fucking scooter here. Here's my problem with it. I'm paying for it. My tax dollars are paying for it. I want Bird and Lyft and all these other companies to be the ones paying for this. Mm-hmm. For for creating they've they caused the problem. They want to be active here. They're getting pissed off that we're putting rules on them and saying they can't be here. Pony up, bitches. Yep. You pay for it. Why the fuck am I paying for it? Yeah. And why are they not paying for the real estate as well? Where's the rent? Exactly. It's not. We already have crowded streets already with cars and bike lanes and sidewalk traffic and stores putting banners out on the sidewalk now because it's a free for all these days because nobody follows any rules. We have very limited room anyways. So find spots for docks. Great. Love the idea. Require people to put them in the docks because right now that's not part of the law so it's great that you're putting them there but now we're relying on the same thing that got us in trouble in the first place which is user users being humans and they aren't so this isn't going to help unless we pass the law saying they have to be docked so let's do that 
And also, again, why am I paying for it? Yeah. I'm pissed today, Jason. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Something su- in the air, and it's not just the smoke. I'm surprised you didn't even call out the fact that the photo of the, the parking lot on, on the street in Santa Monica, there's a picture of a girl riding a bird with no helmet. But at, well, least, she's, at least she's in the bike lane. <laughs> and, and she's the only person on it. Yeah. She, oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I actually saw some of these being put up today as I, as I was coming back from my bike ride. Uh, and I love the fact that they basically ban you from putting your bike in it. There's like, <laughs> this is only for e-scooters and e-bikes. You can't put your own bike in there. So uh, whatever. Let's see. If anybody uses it, great. If everybody uses it, fine. Awesome. This should be happening. If we're not going to get rid of these things, we got to start docking them. What's even better is the second picture where they're putting one of these <laughs> things on the street. If you look in the background, there's a bike that is, you know, chained to a uh, like a bike stand that has yes. been completely robbed well you know <laughs> it still happens. is santa monica some things are going to happen yes back to some amazon news i found this one absolutely infur- infuriating toys r us is dead so amazon yes. will mail you toy catalogs instead yeah amazon as just driving people out of business and replacing them i i think their new motto should be kill and replicate because that's all they're doing <laughs> okay we're going to kill stores so we can take over their, you know, their spaces. So they, they did that mm-hmm. to Toys R Us. Yep, fine. Okay, Toys R Us is dead. And now they're just taking a thing out of the playbook for Toys R Us, and they're just going to start shipping out catalogs for kids, which is, you know, I, I'm okay with the, the catalog shipping. I just don't like that it's Amazon doing it. Yeah, I got this, actually, by the way. We, we got this last week. And I, I, I was pretty sad about it. I was like, man, you know, all you did was you drove all these other companies out of business and now you're just doing what they did because you're missing out on market share. Uh, poor no Jeffrey. Way. Poor Jeffrey. Yeah, it's sad. It is sad, but my kid will never know the difference. It'll always be Bezos instead of Jeffrey. This episode is sponsored by Eero and Eero Plus. The new second-generation Eero and Eero Beacons allows you to build a Wi-Fi network that's more perfectly tailored to your home than ever before. Eero offers more speed and range in the same high-quality, elegant design that people have come to expect. Eero Plus is designed to provide simple, reliable security that defends all your home's devices against a growing number of threats, such as malware, spyware, phishing attacks, as well as unsuitable content. The combination of Eero with Eero Plus provides complete protection for your network and all the devices and those who use them as they connect to the Internet. Eero Plus offers the ability to block malicious and unwanted content across your entire network. By checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Eero Plus automatically tags sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right in the Eero app. And get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups on all your devices. Ad blocking also improves load time for ad-heavy sites so you can browse and stream faster than ever before. Trust me, this one is a game changer. It is so nice for them not to even get to your browser. With Eero Plus, you also get third-party security apps, VPN protection from Encrypt.me, password management from 1Password, and antivirus software from Malwarebytes. The single router model just doesn't work for our increasingly high bandwidth world. It's simple physics. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls very well. Imagine asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. What you need is a distributed system. This is what offices have had for years at considerable work and expense. With Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. Simply download the Eero app on your iOS or Android devices and it'll walk you through each step of the process. It's quick, easy, and painless. And I can totally attest to that. I have my main Eero by my broadband router, and then I have three Eero beacons 
placed strategically around the house. So I am getting perfect signal almost in my garage, which is on the other end of the house, across the backyard, way in the back. And it works great. So never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package in one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter GOG. That's E-E-R-O.com slash GOG for 100 bucks off the Eero base unit and two beacons package. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland, which Jason apparently hates. Dave is also co-host of the new Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. Dave, what are the top stories you covered on the CyberWire this week? Well, hello, gentlemen. It's good to be back, as always. Um, I want to start this week with something that happened to me this morning. I was at a breakfast meeting for a local nonprofit organization that I volunteer some time with and uh, sitting around a table with some folks. And some, somehow the, um, the conversation turned to online shopping and someone mentioned how creepy it is when you look at something on Amazon and then a few minutes later you see it show up in your Facebook feed. And this mm-hmm. led, of course, to someone saying, well, what about that thing where your phone listens to you? My wife and I were having a conversation about mattresses, and sure enough, I started seeing ads to mattresses right away. Now, Hmm. let me just say I'm not proud of the way I responded to this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty, usually a pretty calm, measured guy, and uh, I don't know if it was because it was early in the morning and I hadn't had enough caffeine or whatever, but I found myself thrusting my arms towards him and saying, no, no. No, no. I think you've been doing this show with us for far too long, Dave. Dave needs a vacation. I just had a vacation. So, of course, all eyes turn to me. And now and now I'm, you know, so now we're down the path. Now I have to explain it. So now we're talking about secure enclaves and low power devices and bandwidth and legal and and I'm just like guys you just just it's just be easier if you just trusted me that it, it is a very compelling illusion that this is happening anyway yes. I, the thing i wanted to check in with you guys on was how how do we handle this when we're out and about and this thing comes up there, there's two ways i can i've thought about this do we say nothing like when you're at a party and someone mentions that they're feeling a little sluggish or down and it, it has to be because Mercury is in retrograde. Right. You know, like, do you just sit there and smile and just let it roll past you? Or like when you're at uh, your kid's daycare and somebody, one of the other parents says they're not sure about vaccinating your kids. Like that situation, I would pipe up because oh. I think. <laughs> yes, I would definitely pipe up in the second case. Uh, yeah. Younger me would pipe up in all of these cases. Well, but exactly, I, as I've gotten exactly. older and realized that people yes. aren't going to listen and you're just pissing them off anyways, right. I do tend to keep my mouth shut unless it directly involves me or my family's yes. uh, health. See, that is exactly what I was getting at with the thing about Mercury and retrograde. That <laughs> is the wisdom that comes with years, right? Just yes. learning that you're not going to change this person's mind. And so why... Why yeah. start the argument? <laughs> I'm also so weary now about fighting the fight about the phone listening to you that I just have given up. <laughs> if you believe yeah. it's listening to you, well, you're still carrying it around. So obviously your beliefs aren't strong enough to make you stop doing anything. So fuck you. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. 
I tell people the best thing you can do is as soon as you get home, wrap it in tinfoil and only take it out whenever you have to make a phone call. And that way, from then on out, you can tell people that have found my advice because they're at the, they're out at the coffee shop and they pull out their phone and they have to gingerly unwrap it to check uh-huh. Facebook and then wrap it back up and put it in their pocket. I mean, on the plus side, Dave, you are coming at this from a position of being an expert. You are one who would know about these things. So perhaps you should continue the battle. While uh, I Jason and I kind of <laughs> cheer you on yeah. from the sidelines. Uh, I just want to punk know. everybody. You can, yeah, you can be the rational one. I'm just going to punk everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say you guys certainly have, on this topic, you guys certainly have as much, if not more, expertise than I do. You guys have been at this, you, yeah. <laughs> carrying the flag for this, <laughs> right, <laughs> the three of us. It's one of those, like a friend of mine says, every now and then you got to look behind you and see, see if there's anybody else in that parade you're leading. Yeah, Dave, you know? at this point, the flag <laughs> I'm carrying is the white one, and I am right. waving it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So yes. anyway, well, so that happened. Get- <laughs> let's let's talk briefly about what I think is probably one of the biggest stories of of at least uh, this administration, if not ever. Uh, the White House press secretary used a fake Infowars video to justify banning CNN reporter Jim Acosta. The White House released a fake video. Mm-hmm. The White House released <laughs> a faked video on purpose. Do you think that this is just not par for the course? I mean, what what has this is what has new. got your ire up so we, much about this? It's against all norms. This is one step too far. It was one thing when he used Obama's inauguration photo instead of his own. Okay, there's a fake photo. <laughs> we've now because we've been talking about in the show about how once we cross this Rubicon of fake video, what do we have left? And yeah. when the most powerful office in the land, in the world, is now using fake video, what do we have left? But it wasn't technically faked video. It was altered video. They, they just jacked, Yeah, they just jacked up the frame rate to make it look like he was hitting her really hard. Does that, is that not the very definition of a faked video, though? I mean, it has been doctored to change the meaning. Yeah, well, yeah I, just, me... I see fake as a different a different uh, beast, but doctored, doctored I can get behind. Okay, he didn't use deep fake. They didn't put Jim Acosta's uh, face on on uh, some male porn star. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. But. Yeah. Do, do you think that this was a case of the White House deliberately seeking out a doctored version, or was it just as likely uh, them being lazy and going to just looking for the clip and finding someone who is on their team. And so they shared the InfoWars video, not knowing that perhaps InfoWars had done a little massaging to it. And here we are. Yeah. I mean, I I don't believe that the White House intentionally went out and and asked people to create a video for them. And it landed in their laps from people that are pretty associated with them. Um, I'm sure it was handed to them, not you know, digitally, uh, yeah. I'm sure it was pointed out. Look at this video. Um, you know what any other, <laughs> what any other administration ever, or any other possible administration, be it Republican or Democrat, that could be in there right now would do would be to just use the C-SPAN footage, mm-hmm. and that's what everybody is comparing this to, and it's not the same. Well, uh, and do, of course, yeah. uh, yes, and on but on the other hand, um, it seems to me like this is yet another big distraction. Yeah. That the video itself it doesn't really matter as much as what we should be arguing is he has no he should not be banned. He Correct. should not ban a reporter. That's Correct. that's what we should be arguing. And what we're all doing is screaming about a video now. Right. So right. once again, they win. But it is a beyond 
to me, it's a beyond disturbing precedent. And I, I'm, I'm very upset about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's, uh, but, I, but at the same time, I feel so beat up by this, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> well, of course, I mean, that we've grade this administration on such a curve that you know, well, it's like, <laughs> oh, there's our press secretary again. There's another Lying. lie. There's another yes. hole. <laughs> you know, we're just like we're we're just waiting for this to to pass. It does feel that way now. <laughs> I've just kind of run out of shits to give. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I, I've, the, I, it's almost added to my fr- frustration that Jason doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I'm like having to double down on my own frustration and anger right now. Thanks a lot, Jason. Right. You can have a double rage latte on me. I, I am. I am. Because this is just uh, this is unthinkable. Even uh, first off, no Democrat would have ever banned a reporter anyways, much less released a fake video. I also don't believe any Mitt Romney, if he would have won, would never have done anything like this is no. so out of the norm of of human decency and what we expect from the people that are working for us. Uh, I'm literally flabbergasted by this. Look at and, look at what Ronald Reagan went through with Sam Donaldson. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, does not rise to that level of no. of being badgered by a White House press uh, reporter. So, yep. Uh, the right. Colbert show did have a pretty funny take on it. Uh, yeah, that we'll was include the amazing. link there. So check it out. It's uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Have you guys tried this uh, USPS mail scanning service where you get an email in the morning of the mail that's going to arrive at your house th- the same day? I do not need to be notified of the shit <laughs> ton p- pile of catalogs that I'm just going to throw in the recycling bin. So no, uh, no, I I have not. In fact, um, I would say we probably. We don't go get our mail every day anymore because right. there's so little in there that requires any sort of immediate. I mean, all of our bill paying is done on by other means. So anything that's actually delivered to me is coming from Amazon and they tend to drop it off at my door instead of me right. having to right. look at the mail. Um, yeah. Okay. So no. Have you? Yes. It's called okay. informed. It's called informed delivery. And recently yeah. I moved from Chicago to lovely Los Angeles, which is now burning to the ground, so I might go back to the snow anytime now. <laughs> I miss the snow. So I left my old place, and I was going to the new place. So I signed up for this so I could get the emails from my old place and the new place to figure mm-hmm. out if something was going to get, you know, dropped through the cracks while I was in transit or, like, you know, after they forwarded, how long it's going to take if something, like, came through that I really needed to see. Right. Because I don't do, a, like, some of my bill pay is electronic, but I do mm-hmm. get a lot of physical mail that is important. Right. And... As I was setting it up, I was thinking to myself, my God, this is just ripe for abuse because it didn't really take much for me to get set up at the new address that I was going to at all. And so I was seeing my roommate's mail before I even got here or could even get anything, you know, set up. And I'm thinking, my God, this is going to be the greatest little scam thing that I could get, because if I could just sign up for this for all of my neighbors, I could see what everybody what everybody's getting in the mail. How fun is that? Hmm. Well, it's it's also illegal, but I thought about it and I thought about it. I told my roommate, she's like, ah, nobody's going to care about that. Well, thank God I wasn't alone on this. Brian Krebs <laughs> is on the case and he points out that uh, he talked about this a year ago. I missed I missed the post. Maybe I did read it and it was stuck in the back of my head. But uh, the Secret Service is now in on this, saying that people are actually using this to steal money from other people and they use it to get credit cards. And so they know when the credit cards are going to show up so they can wait and abscond with them 
before right. the people even know that the credit cards even came and then they can just jack up a bunch of charges on it and you're never the wiser. Hmm. So it's it's a pretty interesting thing. And the like the post office, the setup on this is just so laughable. It is right. so easy to set this up for somebody and them to never know about it. Of course not. And my immediate thought, they, they, you should be able to have an opt out for yourself. So you could uh, flag somewhere where you can say, never sign me up for this. I never want to get this. But of course, they don't have that, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. This isn't like a credit reporting system where you can freeze <laughs> the account. This is just the post office sending you pictures of all the mail that they scan, which is also kind of scary that they do scan all your mail. But mm, I mean, yeah. we've known this has been going on for decades now. But now you yep. now you can get it. You can get it delivered to your home. It's the outside <laughs> of all the envelopes. They're not scanning yes. the what's in them. Um, so you think. <laughs> Actually, oh, good. Uh, my cocaine package has arrived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first my very first job when I got out of college uh, was for the Postal Service. And uh, they had a television network of their own, uh, like a private in-house television network. This is when the Postal Service was still on top of the world. You know, 800,000 employees before email had done what it's done to them. Before people at the post office started shooting each other. Well, that was well. That's actually sort of to my point is that uh, I really got an inside look at how the postal service runs, and uh, it, it's relentless. I mean, you had people who their job for eight hours was to sit at a terminal, and a letter slides in, they read the zip code, key it in. Letter slides out, letter slides in, they read the zip code, key it in. Letter slides out. That's your entire day. Yep. Now we have AI to do that for us. Well, exactly. <laughs> and so some of these things were just coming online. Uh, I, I remember we did these training videos for the, the MLOCR, the Multi-Line Optical Character Reader, when this was cutting-edge technology to be able to read addresses you know, very, very quickly. So the, the Postal Service has actually been on the leading edge of this, and by necessity, the volume of stuff that they handle. But uh, So the fact that they would be able to just use the pictures they're already taking and send them to you that's pretty neat, but uh, it reminds mm -hmm. me of, I remember what decades ago it used to be a common uh, prank you could play on someone would be to have just submit a change of address form for them right. when they didn't actually mm -hmm. move <laughs> yes. right? and have, have all their mail go somewhere else for a, a while until they realize that there's something wrong. Again, highly illegal, but... <laughs> Fun nonetheless. Yeah. And simple. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. The, the article does say that um, that the Postal Service has started sending a verification via, wait for it, the mail to the make mail. <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to verify that you actually have signed up for this. But evidently, the bad guys are taking advantage of it anyway. They can they can turn it around fast enough that they can actually make use of it before you may even get that letter in the mail from the Postal Service. And right. since you have informed delivery, you'll know when the letter gets there so you can go steal it anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's yes. funny. Does the informed delivery notification go out via About informed delivery? Verification of informed <laughs> delivery. Right. It does. It actually does. It does. Yeah, that's okay. Awesome. Well, there you yep. go. So, yeah. Right. So it's I told you it was laughable. I yes. told you it was laughable. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I just I just feel so much vindication. It's like, ah. My roommate just dismissed me out of hand. Nobody's ever going to do that. I'm like, well, somebody did it to the tune of four hundred thousand dollars. Somebody will always do everything. That's, mm -hmm. that's the thing. Somebody is always going to do everything. Yeah. Uh, we have another postal service story here. Uh, Canada has uh, just recently legalized uh, marijuana everywhere, and they were ready to go. The Ontario <laughs> cannabis store sells weed online, and they've already had their first problem. 
a privacy breach involving 4,500 customer orders. The source of the leak, unfortunately, was not them. It was Canada Post, the country's state-owned primary postal operator. They admitted uh, that someone used its delivery tracking tool to obtain sensitive information like postal code, date of delivery, and the name or initials of the persons who signed upon delivery. Uh, Oopsie. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. The people whose data was exposed were remarkably laid back and cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> Canada Post did add that they were confident that the individual who accessed the information only shared it with Canada Post and deleted it without distributing further. Uh, and they say in this article, if that doesn't make sense to you, you're not alone. However, it makes total sense to me. Even Canadian hackers are nice. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Here's your here's that information I was able to get. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I've deleted all copies. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, man. These guys are going to be mad soon when they start running out of weed. Which, oh, well, that's right. They already have started running out of weed in Canada. Don't. Yeah. Who, who would have thought there'd be so much demand? <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Especially in this day. And now, Dave, I put this one in the show notes because I heard you talk to somebody about gate recognition this week. Yeah. On, on your show. Yeah. And this is an article in TechCrunch about how China can apparently now identify citizens based on the way they walk. Yep. And I didn't think what this was What about the way new. they talk? <laughs> <And> the way- <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Sorry, it was right there. <laughs> it was right there. So, yeah, this is a company out of China called Waitrix or Watrix. I don't know how, these, how you say it over there. Yeah. But it's, it's a combination waitress dominatrix. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I think, they, I think those uh, girls work in Hollywood when they're, you know, <laughs> waiting for a role. Right. Uh, but I didn't think this was new technology. I thought this has been around forever. And like I, I read about it in Little Brother, Cory Doctorow's book. Oh. So and now you did it this week. You talked to, to somebody who I don't believe was this company, but it was another company, right? Yeah, that's right. They were using um, behavioral biometrics is the term of art. And basically what that involves is you have a system that's constantly keeping an eye on you to verify in real time that you should be given access to the things you're, you have access to. So, for example, um, it learns what you, the typical cadence is of your typing or your mouse movement, or mm-hmm. it could be your, your, how you shift in your chair in front of your computer or something like that. And if something, one of those things goes awry, then it either sends up a flag or makes you verify some other way or something like that. Um, I found this fascinating because, um, I don't know, about four years ago, a friend of mine, a childhood friend of mine, came to visit from out of town, and uh, we were meeting up down in uh, downtown D.C., and he was probably a block and a half away, far enough away that I couldn't yet recognize him, but I recognized him by his gait. I recognized him. You know, he's been a friend my whole life, and I just right. I saw the way he walked from a distance, and I was like, that's my friend, and, and I knew it. <laughs> so this this sort of resonated me with just because I'd had that moment a couple of years ago where, yeah, absolutely someone's gait is 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 like a fingerprint i thought it was interesting too in the piece that you did where he was talking about how this really came out in world war ii how Mm -hmm. how the telegraph operators could tell from other people's Mm -hmm. uh you know cadence who it was and i was just i was screaming at my podcaster saying it's called fisting which is really it's it's funny that it they did actually call it when they knew different operators it was by their fist which is what they called how the cadence of their typing yeah, I would not yeah. recommend you do a Google search on that term. No. <laughs> we can do World War II fisting or yeah, fist. Uh, Just yeah. no, fist. No. <laughs> nothing, nothing ends nothing, well with nothing a search term to end well that here, includes Jason. that yeah. term. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> nothing. Nothing. No. Moving on. <laughs> so this is pretty crazy, though. I mean, the fact that they're going to be doing this uh, just on such a widespread uh, thing and, and not, you know, not for security reasons for, for, well, I mean, I guess for security reasons, but not in yeah. the way that, you know, these biometrics are being used for companies. Yeah, I just I just see an entire everybody in China is going to learn how to walk like the Fremen and Dune now. Yeah. These crazy well, little gates so the sandworms don't come. Or right, put a rock right. in your shoe. Exactly. I was just going to say. I was just going to say. Put a rock in your shoe. I've I've heard people say that 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 right. it can be as simple as that to throw throw mm. off your gate. But or put yeah. a lift on one shoe one day and a lift on the other shoe the other day. You, you can mm-hmm. you can put noise. You like introduce noise to the system. To or make just it ride a bird everywhere. Then you're not walking. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Now, it's also interesting that uh, well, when I tried to find Little Brother on Amazon, it took me like three minutes because there's so many knockoffs of it out there hmm. th- to find the actual original one. It just took forever. But the link will be in the show notes if you've never read Little Brother. I do believe that was Cory Doctorow's last good book. Hmm. So, uh, I've not read highly that recommended. I'll check it out. Oh, highly recommended. Highly right. recommended. And uh, Microsoft's president uh, was on Recode talking about how we need to regulate facial recognition tech before the year 2024 looked like the book 1984. Which right. seems kind of silly since they sell facial recognition. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least they're saying we need some regulation about this as opposed to just carrying on and saying, don't, we don't want any regulations. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it, again, Microsoft is, is feeling very Apple to me recently in that they, they, seem, they seem to be aware of the repercussions or potential repercussions of the technologies that they're developing and are kind of sounding the alarms ahead of time. Yeah. Come regulate me, bro. Mm-hmm. So, what it's do you think about this, one, Dave? Well, I mean, you've got yeah, you you run into Fourth Amendment types of things. I mean, uh, there's generally you know you don't have an expectation of privacy in a public place. However, um, however, the cameras and the recording of it is a completely different thing. Well, I guess that's or at least a, that's an area it, where at it least needs it to feels catch that up. way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. We, I, I think most of us feel like. We're straying into an unintended consequences kind of area where if am I are you are you should you be allowed to have anonymity when strolling down a street? And I think most of us would say, yes, that strolling down a city street, you shouldn't automatically be logged and and, you know, be stuck a, a pin in a map as to where you were and when you were so that anybody can rewind the recording if they need to and find out where you were when based Mm -hmm. on how you walk yeah so uh, yeah i mean i I think we're gonna have to have some regulation about it the question is what pushes we need to know what like where is this data going are they selling it because this is what we've learned from all these companies Mm. right now that that we're not aware of what happens to our data it's it's bought and sold in markets in that are that are kept hidden from the consumers and from from the people generating the data. Right. So, you know, this is the kind of regulation that I would want on this sort of stuff. I don't want this. I don't want city street stuff sold to Walmart to know how often I walk near them. I don't want that sort of thing. I want limits on the amount of time that this data is kept. Right. I, I don't want a year's worth I, a couple days. OK, fine. I might be OK with that. I don't mm. know yet. We need to have we need to have the discussion and, and see kind of what the consequences could be. And I applaud Microsoft for at least standing up and saying, hey, let's pay attention here. I'm going to tell yeah. you right now, the consequences are going to be all bad. So don't worry about they that. They always we've are. Got, we've got that covered. <laughs> we already got that covered. Well, we almost always are. But uh, what if the data yeah. gets stored, but in order to to withdraw it after a certain amount of time, you just you need a warrant? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely a possibility. Although I'm still, I I know it's a new world and we're headed there. The idea that that there will be records of everywhere I walked and everywhere I went and everywhere I drove, I, it really freaks me out. Although, if you had an Android phone, the phone they'd already companies have it. have it. Yeah, they, I'm saying this <laughs> right. is nothing new. They've already know. Yeah. They already know this yeah. stuff. This this is all out there already, but it's in private uh, company hands. It's not in the government hand yet. So yeah. that's the difference, at least at the moment. As our friend Steve Rombaum would say, privacy is dead. Get over it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Either you guys have a robot vacuum cleaner? I do. So this is of interest to me. I do as well. And I'm actually on my second one. The first one, uh, battery died and it was hard to get a replacement mm-hmm. battery. So I got a, a newer one. And it was really interesting to me to see how much more advanced in the, uh, I don't know, year and a half since I bought the first one, how much better the second one was at doing mm-hmm. its job around the house, how much smarter it was, how it was better at getting out of little jams and more thorough in the way that it went around and cleaned things and all that sort of stuff. But now we've got uh, some of these from uh, iRobot, the actual Roomba brand, that are really doing some mapping of the inside of your house. And they use um, the spatial data from how far the thing travels, and they use some low-res camera data. And uh, so I guess this is there's an upside to this that you could tell it, hey, uh, hey, Roomba, go clean the kitchen, and it'll go clean the kitchen. Yeah. Which is good. But on the other hand... Do you want Google having a map of your house where all the furniture is and everything? <laughs> I don't know. No. I, no, I, mean, I, 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 the I answer, don't. The answer is no, but uh, on the flip side, I don't know. What would they use that information for if they were to have it? I don't – what's the what's is, what is the bad use of it? Yeah, they're going right. to use it for their Google Home devices. So you, yeah. it, can, it can better map the house and figure out where you, can, where you should put your Google Homes and things like that. Well, let me let me posit something here, which is, Jason, you and I do do this a lot on our show, where we talk about a technology and we see a kind of vaguely disturbing privacy aspect to it. And, and we ask ourselves, well, how would we have done this? Hmm. Why isn't there a memory chip on the device itself where all of that is stored and it isn't sent home? That would be easy enough to do, but they don't. Yeah. Why? Why do they want to send it home? <laughs> They, yeah, they exactly. want to send it home that, because that's they my, want to Why use it. do they want to send it home? Why don't we want to keep it here? It could very easily, all these Roombas could very easily have a simple tiny chip on them that uh, you, when you set, you know, you, th- this is the kitchen, all the maps are stored there. They never have to go to a server farm ever at all. Mm. But that's not the way they build these things. I can why? see, I can see a use <laughs> for it for big data uh, so they can figure out how to make their product better. I can I can see a a use for that, but I don't think that is a valid use for that. <laughs> but I can I can see what they would say as far and as it how just it just gets back to my earlier thought about the facial re- facial recognition and the tracking. I don't see what harm could come from from this data right now, but I also don't know what's going to happen in the future when they have this data, and I don't want to give them the data, and I don't know where this data will go. Google can sell it. We don't have any rights to this data. We need some right. sort of rights to our own data where we can say, I will give it to you. You cannot sell it. Or I don't want to give it to you. Give me an option where I keep it. And we don't have any of that. Move to <laughs> Europe. GDPR. Move to Europe. Yeah. Right. It's coming. They do say, though, that the images from the camera do stay on the device, but the maps are sent back to Roomba HQ. Right. right. I saw an interesting Twitter thread this week about related to this where uh, someone had 
put a Raspberry Pi on their Roomba and mm-hmm. had, where they were using some kind of, um, uh, what do they call it? Some, some kind of like neural learning type of thing to basically reward artificial intelligence dave i I, I didn't i didn't want to use that word in front of you brian (laughs) i I was trying to (laughs) dance around it without actually using it um uh because i know it's a trigger word for you so uh so this he actually programmed it to give it a reward system to to not bump into things right because he wanted it to be clean as efficiently as possible and what he found was um, in a short amount of time, the robot vacuum cleaner just started cleaning the entire house in reverse because it was running <laughs> backwards because there were only bumpers on the front of it. And so it was Smart. being rewarded for not bumping into things. So he had to change the programming so that it would be rewarded for not bumping into things when it was going forward. Right. Because the robot learned, you know, so it's an interesting unintended consequences kind of thing. So give me a set of rules and the robot figured out a workaround on its own. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That was maybe that is AI. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's just all this stuff about all this data being collected by all of us. And we all think, uh, what, what harm could there possibly be? But we just we don't know. We don't know where the data is going. We don't know what what people could do with this in the future. Uh, yeah. You know, I can, I can sit here and say, who cares if, if somebody knows the layout of my house? They could go to city records and, and find that anyways, but they would have to go to city records and call it up to find it as opposed to this mega gazillion corporation that has gazillions of points of data about me that are now able to tie in the layout of my house to that, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I just, we're, we're just starting to see people think of data. I'm starting to see more and more people in the industry anyway of saying that you should treat your data not as if it's precious, but as if it's radioactive. In other words, don't you want to keep as little data as possible? And if you get too much data in one place, you know it could go uh, supernova on you. So right. um, and, that's and, a good way to think about it. That really is. I like that. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, I don't know how much that's gaining traction. I don't know how much of it is actually just sort of lip service. Um, you know, your privacy is well, important to us. It's a great idea, real, but nobody. Cares. The real question is how how do you achieve it? That's right. that's the real question, right? So you know, it, it's one thing. You know, again, Roomba used to be an individual company. Mm-hmm. You know, so okay, I, I, Google's getting data from me from my Google searches, but they aren't getting data from me from my vacuum. But now they bought my <laughs> vacuum, so now they're getting <laughs> right. You know, and and it's, you know, and then just the ease of having a house that is all, you know, in one ecosystem, you know, am I supposed to now, okay, I use Apple for this, I'm going to get a Google Home instead of my Amazon and blah, 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 and split everything up, but they all work together well. Yeah. And if you don't have them working together well, it, you're losing out on some of the services and blah. I love no, this. Google is, Google is actually vacuuming up your data now. <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> It is like that episode of the X-Files that Jason yeah. and I watched that one time. <laughs> oh, it's, Christ. It's, that was a really good one. I love yeah. that. It was. Was it, though? It okay. was. It was. That was, I I, that was the best one of the, the whole, the whole like, run for the season. I did read the uh, Wikipedia entry for it, so I got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you enough. had to see it to believe it. <laughs> it was good. It was yeah. actually a good episode. The All one. Right, gentlemen. It was the one good episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's what we got going on this week. Uh, Stay safe out there. 
Keep an eye on your vacuum uh, your cleaner. Tooth hurts less. <laughs> yeah, fighting a little bit of a toothache. Uh, Make sure you go. Don't go to a dentist that has a partnership with Google. That's right. <laughs> They'll map your teeth. That's right. Or the guy from Little Seven, Shop of Horrors. Two, two, <laughs> one, three, five, yeah. five, two, well, three. All going to Google. But we also, I can already tell you what time you're going to the dentist. I mean, that's that's a given. I can tell by your your big data what time you're going to the dentist. Oh, two thirty. <laughs> Predictive data. Uh, oh, two thirty. Oh, God. Uh, God. And on <laughs> that disappointing note. All right. I'm not even a dad, and I got the dad jokes. Cut uh, ching. Adios. Ups and doodads. I saw this article over at BGR.com, and it's titled "Report: The number of people who are fine with paying app subscriptions is growing." Two problems. I got two problems with this. Mm-hmm. Just because you have to pay for it doesn't make you fine with it. Amen, brother. We don't have a choice. That's the thing. We don't have a choice anymore. Yes. We do not like software subscriptions here on the show, and app subscriptions are the same thing. Which brings me to my second point. In this this report, they're actually talking about apps like Spotify and Netflix. Those are not, they're, they're not apps. That's in, a different in the, in beast. The, it's a completely yeah. different beast. You're not paying for software. You are paying for a content service. It just happens yep. to be on the phone. You can actually go to your computer and pay for Netflix and watch it and never put it on a phone. So, you know, this whole thing is it's it's a really not well thought out study, in my opinion, because there's the def- it's the, the definition of app that they're using is the problem. Yes. So, it's mixing yeah. too many signals, Yeah, which is a problem. I mean, of course, yes, software companies love the app subscription model because mm-hmm. they just keep making money it's printing money for them and if if that works out this is why i'm fine with in in some cases like the case for one password i looked at the cost for the subscription and i looked at their average cost for the next version of the software it is mm-hmm. exactly the same i do not pay any more money and i get more features because they know that they're going to get that money on i'm like prepaying for the next upgrade is kind of what it goes into that's how i'm looking at it for them a lot of other right. companies, not so much. It'd, it'd be like five years before your next upgrade because they're off in Belize, like, you know, swimming in their money like Scrooge McDuck and not writing any more software. But right. I just think this is a, a, a really bad report. And I don't I do not take it uh, at face value. And I, I am damn not fine paying with any app subscription. <laughs> Also, as I was going through and reading this, there's no, there's nothing in here that says people are fine with it. They're just looking at the numbers. More people are doing it. Yeah. They, they didn't do like a, a, a survey asking, do you like subscription models? They didn't ask anybody that. They're just going off, well, more people are paying for subscriptions now. That's, again, because we don't have a choice. That has nothing to do with people being fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely different beast. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. But yeah, way to shit the bed on that one. Yeah. Well, the Portal and the Portal Plus from Facebook are now out, and uh, I read a review over at Engadget about it. Um, it's talking about the uh, $349 Portal Plus is the bigger, more expensive version of the Portal, with a large display that can be rotated between landscape and portrait modes, blah, blah, blah. It's much too big and unsightly to be practical for most people. Like the smaller Portal, it uses algorithms to enhance video calls, though this feels creepy at times. As with the Portal, two voice assistants can get confusing, because apparently you can say a Portal or a echo or amazon or whatever because it's got that built in um and app functionality is limited if you're a messenger fan who insists on blah 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 my whole thing is if i'm reading a review that involves the word creepy i'm never buying the product yeah 
Like it's creepy is in there. I don't want something that feels creepy. And I think we all feel this way about it. So they do get into the privacy bit. There's a button on both that can shut off the camera and the microphone via an electronic switch. They both come with a physical camera lens cover if you're feeling extra paranoid, which is nice. Uh, according to Facebook, all the video chats are encrypted and the company doesn't listen, view or keep records of your calls. The AI on the camera and voice features, which is an AI, are run locally, not on Facebook servers, though the camera doesn't use the shape of your face and voice to track your movements. There's no facial recognition technology here yet, mm-hmm. yet, because they will be updating these. And like Amazon's uh, services, your voice history is stored online, but you can delete it manually. You can delete your portal's voice history by going to your Facebook activity log, as Facebook is well known for making those things very clear and easy to find. That is irony, everyone. <laughs> uh, but uh, as we discussed, uh, it's not really everything as it seems, because now they've also <laughs> they've admitted to the fact that they do collect some types of information from video chats, such as usage data, length, frequency of calls. So that can be used to serve you ads. Of course. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, we knew this I before. I am not ever going to yeah. get one of these. I am quite pleased with my with my Echo Show. Yeah, which, you know, can also be called creepy because it, yeah. unless you turn off that drop in feature that yes. it is super creepy. It is creepy. Yes. I do not <laughs> like that. Did that come uh, like turned on by default or did you do you have to turn on the drop in? feature? Uh, I had to turn it on, but that's because I bought mine before they rolled out that feature. Um, I don't know what the case is now. If you were to buy one brand new now, it'd probably come switched on automatically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If anybody got a new one, guess. let us know because. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. I'm not going to buy one. <laughs> opt in, not opt out. Yeah. I've got I- iPads and I've got iPads and FaceTime, so I don't really need any more of these devices. Yeah. You're all right. I just, uh, I like it for my family. Uh, Samsung is finally putting out a foldable phone. It is a screen that you can basically fold out. So going from a phone to an iPad, uh, but it looks bulky. Um, there's a hinge in it, which is a problem. <laughs> so it's not quite the the dream foldable paper screen that we were all hoping for, but it's a step in the right direction. So it's interesting to look at. We'll see what it's like. It looks really thick. It does. It looks extremely thick. Yeah, I don't want to put this in my pocket. But uh, but kudos to them for making it, and uh, hopefully they'll just keep taking it further. It's a, it's an interesting concept that, uh, when brought to fruition, will be pretty damn cool. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's a first version, so I mean go back. I was it's funny I was looking at my first iPhone this week because I was like going going through this pile of phones I had to make room, and I'm recycling them all. But I had to keep my first iPhone. I had to keep my right. first iPhone, and I had to keep one of my razors. Because it's a razor, you have to have them. But yeah, yeah, I look at the the first iPhone now, and it's just like wow. And that was groundbreaking, and it was thick, and it didn't do a whole mm-hmm. hell of a lot. So, you know, it, it, at least some, at least they're innovating. Yeah, I still have my Model One I, iPod. So, oh uh, yeah, I wish I'd have kept well. mine. <laughs> and I found this over on VentureBeat, which really made me happy. Uh, it's it's an article called "Why Blizzard Is Remastering Warcraft Three and What It's Changing." Mm-hmm. A, I know that they just did StarCraft back in the day. Or it might have been StarCraft or StarCraft II. They ju- but they just redid one of the StarCrafts. I think it was the original StarCraft and remastered it for new graphics. So it doesn't look like, you know, four pixels on the screen. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> we used to play that at 640 by 480. So right. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see it. I would definitely like to see it. But I, I like playing StarCraft II. I, I, that still works fine for me. It's a, it's a decent res. But WarCraft three is a fantastic game that I really miss playing. So I'm really kind of looking forward to this one because it is a, such a fun game. It's not like an MMORPG. This is just an old real-time strategy game. And I used right. to play it with 
a friend who is not a friend anymore. Rest in peace, Dave Naked. And uh, it was just, we had so much fun playing this game. So I'm really looking forward to this when it comes back out. So it might be uh, hitting up the audience if there are any Warcraft 3 players out there to, to get in on a new, new clan with. What was that uh, game that we played back at the uh, back at the company that we all worked for? You, me, and Riggs. What was that called? Marathon. Marathon. We played a lot of marathon. Yeah, we played more marathon than we did work. Yep. Brick a brick. Sometimes the internet is just there for you, and you didn't even think that you would need it. (laughs) I ran. I ran across this article. Uh, we've just gotten a new fridge. What's the smartest way to organize it over at Slate? And you'd think that you kind of know everything about where you should put your food, but then you get shocked by things that you didn't know. And uh, it's just a fun little read. Um, <laughs> I just loved it, and I don't know why. Uh, the internet just provides these things where you grow up thinking thinking things worked a certain way, and then you find out there's better ways to do things. So if you think you know how to put your fridge into a perfect organization, think again. And go check out this article. Okay. I'm surprised there aren't many uh, photos in here. Yeah, you'd think they would have done a better job with photos. It's a, They just straight up describe it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did like the main point is even if you get the, this right, good luck maintaining it if you live with other people. Right. nobody's going to do what you want them to do. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about yeah. it. I'm like, I, where's the cream cheese? It was with the cheese. Like, No, I put it with the butter. Why? why? Yes. Why did you do that? Oh. I just want something for my bagel, please. That's, oh. It shouldn't be this difficult, but it always is. No. Uh, I found this one over at our new favorite site, Science Alert. The ozone hole will be completely healed soon. Imagine if humans just worked together more. And that just made me sad. I'm like, you're right. You're right. Uh, the Montreal Protocol back in the day that basically banned big hair mm-hmm. and Aquanet for a while. Yep. Uh, back in yep. 1980. Ruined my hair, dudes. Exactly. Yep. Uh, it worked. It seems to have worked. The hole is almost gone. Well, thank God we're going to be rolling all this back here in the States. Yeah, exactly. We need something to fight against. That's why we need a common <laughs> enemy again, except the common enemies we already have that are making us more common enemies. That's great. This is amazing that it actually really worked and they're they're able to prove it. That's good. Let's keep it up. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Anyway, now this is a fun story. We've covered the flying motorcycles that a couple companies have made. The first one, I think, was a Russian company, which is basically four upside-down lawnmowers on a bench. (laughs) That looks safe. Looks safe. Yeah. (laughs) Are you looking at the picture of the current one? Yep. It's the same concept. Yes. It's four (laughs) upside-down lawnmowers, and you you, you basically sit on top of them. You sit on top of them. (laughs) With no protection. Well, he does have knee pads, just in case. Oh, God. But I think his shins will probably get cut off or lose a foot if he goes wrong on this thing. Uh, the Dubai police have started training on these. And it's, a, it's actually a California company called Hoversurf that's making them. So I think they all stole right. all the ideas from the Russians and uh, are making their own hover bikes. Now, the thing about it, I put the stats in here, which is kind of interesting. It weighs 253 pounds. It's got mm-hmm. 802 pounds of thrust, a max speed of 60 miles an hour. And safe flying altitude is 16 feet, which, you know, yeah, you can still fall from 16 feet and be okay. It'll hurt like a mofo. But (laughs) flight time with pilot, 10 to 25 minutes. That's not a lot. So you better catch them quick. And it takes two and a half hours to charge. And it costs $150,000. These things have got to be so incredibly loud, too. Oh, I bet they are. I bet they are. I mean, ridiculously loud. 
Yeah. The interesting thing, too, is you don't need a pilot's license to fly these. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's go fly the flying lawnmower into a crowd. Okay, <laughs> that's what we need now. Uh, the thing about it, though, it looks like it's going to be hella fun to fly. I would love it to It does have look one. like it'll be fun. And they're working on they're working on some ducted fan versions. So that'll that'll get rid of the oh, if I slip up, I cut my leg off problem. Or if you right. or if you do an indo and go over the handlebars, then you're decapitated. But I recommend everybody <laughs> go take a look at these things. The link will be in the show notes at uh, gog.show slash two nine seven. It looks awesome. And of course, of course, Dubai is the one that's getting these first. Of course they of course. are. Closing shout outs. Well, just the other day we had a, a mass shooting here out actually closer to you, Jason, in Thousand Oaks. Um, right up the street. Yeah. Uh, here's the stat that I just uh, I find a hard time wrapping my head around. There have been 307 mass shootings so far this year in the 312 days. You can pick the five days that uh, there wasn't a mass shooting in the United States. Uh, we've talked a lot about gun control on the show before. I'm not going to rehash it. In fact, my opinion is even starting to change. I'm not entirely sure that gun control is going to stop any of this. There's something seriously wrong with, with the society. And it's only us. Nobody else is having these problems. So um, let's fix it. huh? Somehow. Yeah, good luck. Let's figure this out. Yes. Yeah. No, there's a fundamental flaw in the matrix right now. We, yep, we know that. It really is really is. On a happier note, I want to give a big thanks to Anthony Rossbach, who turned me on to iFixit. I knew about the site, and I never even thought about it, because all the Macs currently you can't get open to save your life. Yes. But my old laptops, you can take apart. Right. So I can go buy replacement batteries for them for like 100 bucks. Now, it's bad. extremely complicated to put these things in, and I'm probably mm-hmm. going to fuck it up. So, But it's a $100 gamble. Which is, you know, it's, I, I can throw a hundred bucks down if I can get my laptop back to pristine shape because physically these things are in mint condition. It's just the battery right. finally, you know, kicked the bucket. So thank you, Anthony, for bringing that to my attention. And uh, hopefully soon I'll be able to order one of these and give it a shot. Might I recommend not no cocktails before doing it? That's what yes. I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to, I recommend you do this first thing in the morning, Jason, yeah. not later in the afternoon. <laughs> exactly. I got to say, though, the, the, the less drinking plan has worked really well. Good. Really well. Congratulations. Down three quarters from what I used to be and down like 12 pounds. So, hey, I'll take it. You take it. And I want to give a shout out to friends of the show, the Goo Goo Dolls, who I'm going to see for the first time in like five years tonight to, to go say hi. Maybe I'll see them. Actually, I'm not entirely sure. I saw enough Goo Goo Doll shows in the 15 years I was working for them to uh, basically take care of that forever. But, uh, <laughs> go out and see them if you want to. It's the 20th anniversary of the Dizzy album, which means 20 years ago I started working with them. Wow. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't your Tell website, them. though, is it? The GooGooDolls.com? No, no, no. I haven't worked with them for over five years now. Okay. Okay. I was like, man. This, <laughs> this is why it's talk just a stupid it. standard, you know, templated bullshit problem. Yeah. WordPress. Bill- Built by the people that I used to work with. But that's what everybody does now, which is why I'm here doing a podcast with you, Jason. Until next time, I'm Brian Schultz. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are GOG.show slash 297. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.